Oh my girl. Well, it happened. The SCOTUS has flipped conservative. One week ago today, Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. You're listening to Queer Money episode 234, and on today's episode, we're sharing the four next steps the queer community must take in response. Listen in and join our new gay agenda. We make the Queer Money podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer it in an upcoming episode. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. Find out why the debt lasso method is a better way than the snowball or avalanche method for paying off your credit card debt by getting your free debt lasso calculator at debtlasso.com. Now, on with the show. Wow. What a week it has been, huh? <laughs> and it's not even over. <laughs> We're, we haven't even reached hump day. <laughs> so today is election day. And at the time of this recording, we don't know who is going to become the president of the United States come 2021. But we know how we, we want it to go. But just one week ago today, Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed for the Supreme Court of the United States. And we know that a lot of people are upset and, and worked up about that. And we've been seeing a lot of talk and writing and and video and news about how alluding to the fact that this somehow is was a sham it was illegal she's not legitimate supreme court justice and you know there's nothing that prevents a president from nominating and pushing through a candidate for the supreme court justice in their last year the biggest problem in all of this is that four years ago lindsey graham lied the right people didn't fight him hard enough. And then four years from then, now, Lindsey Graham says, oops, takes these backsies, the rules don't apply. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of when you're a ki- you were a kid, and I'm sure all of you have had this happen to you. For me, it's, it seemed like it always happened with Monopoly, that you're playing the game and all of a sudden, and especially it seemed like the person you were playing with owned the game and they had the ability to pull a Cartman and grab the game and say, screw you, I'm going home or, or I'm putting it away. Halfway through the game, they would change the rules, right? And then you'd get accustomed to the rules, you know, and you'd be frustrated. But it's almost like they did that four years ago. And now they're, like you said, takesy backsy. They're reneging on this. They're saying, no, what we said earlier didn't apply. That's not the rule anymore. And it's just complete clusterfuck. Exactly. And even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that up until the last day of a president's term, they're allowed to do their job. There's nothing that prevents them from doing that. It's just that Lindsey Graham lied four years ago and everybody accepted it. So Amy Coney Barrett is legitimately a Supreme Court Justice of the United States. And a lot of people are freaking out about it. Yeah. But this does beg the question to me, and I've seen this now several times over my lifetime, but most strikingly, I I remember it with Bush nominating John Roberts and Trump nominating Kavanaugh, that there's sort of this apoplectic response that they're going to bring this religious and 
conservative demagoguery that rain that down in the United States and all the minority groups are going to suffer. This kind of black and white thing, right? It's, it's always going to go against us if they're the... Right. And it's always that, that the, this is the worst person in the whole United States until the next person's nominated. Then they're the worst person in the whole of the United States. So, you know, John Roberts was nominated by President Bush and everybody was going nuts when he was getting nominated and his confirmation hearings were going on until he finally got confirmed. But it's important to remember that if it wasn't for John Roberts' interpretation of the Constitution and the Affordable Care Act, the Affordable Care Act would not be in existence today, at least as it stands. That he also sided with liberals in temporarily blocking Louisiana abortion restrictions. That's not, by any stretch of the imagination, towing the Republican Party line. And he also, most recently in June, came out in support of LGBTQ worker rights. Now, it's true that he did vote against marriage equality, but he's not towing a party line. And he has helped get some liberal... Liberal-leaning court cases. Court cases um, <laughs> to, to, to go in, in the Democratic or the liberal favor. And so he's not been as demagogic as we were made to believe during his confirmation hearings. Right. And, and Kavanaugh is the, kind of the same. Somewhat uh, similar. Well, right. I mean, we know that, that Trump nominated Kavanaugh and he was pushed through by the Senate. But he also teamed up with Roberts and rejected the requests on hearing cases to block planned parenthood funding, as well as a challenge to the citizenship question on the 2020 census and capital punishment case in Texas. So neither of them have been 100% black and white or in favor with all of their decisions when it came to the party that nominated them. I think that's one of the things that's important is, is we automatically assume that the party that nominated them and pushed them through that's the way they're going to vote and or not necessarily vote. That's the way that, well, I guess when, when going they to rule, right, when they as a court, but as an individual, when they vote on that panel, are we making some bad assumptions by saying they're always going to vote that way? Yeah. And this is not to say in any way, shape or form that Roberts and Kavanaugh aren't conservative. They definitely are, but they haven't in case after case after case towed the Republican Party line. So it makes me just beg the question is, are we wasting a lot of time and energy demonizing people, assuming that we are absolutely sure how they're going to vote and bring down the entire United States? My argument is that we probably do. Now, that's not to say that, that we don't need to be critical of candidates and, we, and that we shouldn't be paying attention, but it just seems like we kind of go overboard with it. Um, yeah. It also kind of makes me wonder if a lot of people who are, get apoplectic about whoever is being nominated, thinking that they're going to be the result of the downfall of the country, if maybe all of us don't understand the Constitution as much as we think we do. (laughs) Or we automatically assume that because they have been nominated by one political party, that they will throw out the Constitution and, like I said earlier, vote and rule in favor of that particular party. We do see that happen a lot, that they do tend to lean more conservative or more liberal, but that's not a guarantee, right? But you bring up this point about us going apoplectic or spending a lot of time and energy getting really angry and upset and talking about all of this while the nomination process or even leading up to the nomination process of who they think it might be, right? Well, I guess the question is, do you ever think that a Republican would ever nominate someone that Democrats would be in favor of? And do you ever think that Democrats would nominate somebody that Republicans would be in favor of? 
are we wasting our time getting angry about that process and maybe we should be putting our energies to somewhere else? Right. And that's, that's the point of today's episode. You know, by the time the election cycle starts, it's a little bit too late. By the time a Supreme Court justice passes away and the nomination process for a new one starts, it's too late. We need to be a little bit more proactive far in advance of these occurrences uh, so that we can support the people and the organizations that are helping to protect our rights and advance our rights. So that leads us to the point of not only this particular episode, but the entire purpose of DebtFreeGuys.com and the Queer Money Podcast. Yes, we talk about personal finance and yes, we talk about money and we share tips on how to save money by Naked Sundays and we share tips on investing in Netflix and Chipotle trying to inspire our community to make better financial decisions. And while on the surface it seems just about money and maybe even a little bit about fun and being able to thrive, it's a much more important and a much deeper purpose to everything that we do. David and I want to help build a stronger queer community. And we think that a critical component of that, and one that's not talked about nearly enough, is that we need more fiscally secure LGBTQ individuals. Because the more financially secure we are as individuals, the more financially secure and stronger we are as a queer community. And with that strength and that security comes the ability to be able to not only invest money, but it also brings the ability to invest time to help protect our rights and to support the people and the causes that will help advance our rights. Yeah. And you know, when you think about it, our community, when we put our minds to something and when we get together and support each other, we can make major changes and major advancement. You think about the AIDS epidemic and how it hit the country in the late 80s and the 90s and how much support there was in the queer community around what we needed to do, the marches, the funding, the research. People literally sacrificing their, potentially sacrificing their lives by taking experimental drugs that were not basically FDA approved. People were doing that because they were so, felt it was so important to support the community. And when you think about our community as a whole, if we can make that kind of movement with the AIDS epidemic, or we can do what we did with marriage equality, we can do a lot more. Our community is massive. Now, I know a lot of times we say we're a minority community and we're marginalized. That is true. But our purchasing power, purchasing power is the money that we have as individuals to be able to spend, spend on whatever it is we want to spend it on. Our purchasing power as a community is $1 trillion. In the United States. Yeah, that's right. And worldwide, it's over $4 trillion. But in the United States a trillion dollars. If every single LGBT person gave just 1% of our spending for two LGBT causes or LGBT or politicians that we knew were going to vote and persuade politics in favor of us, we would have $10 billion to put towards LGBTQ causes and rights, 1% of your purchasing power. Now, just think about this. If you were making $50,000, let's say you're making $50,000. That's a pretty decent salary on average around the country. 
50, if you're making $50,000, your purchasing power is probably somewhere around $45,000. 1% of that is 450 bucks. That's less than $40 a month. It's less than $10 a week. And if we all did that, $10 billion. Now, think about this election cycle in 2020. And I'm not just talking about the presidential election. I'm talking about state, local, every single campaign that's out there is estimated to spend just over $10 billion, almost $11 billion in 2020. Imagine if every single time you turn on the TV during an election cycle, there was a politician there talking about LGBT rights. Every single time you watched a video on YouTube, it was about LGBT rights. Everything you got in the mail was about LGBT rights. Every time you went on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever it is that you go for your social media, it was a campaign talking about why we need equality as a community. You think things could change a little bit? I think we would see some major change. So your individual financial security is LGBTQ rights. And unfortunately, when RBG died, our fight was too late. It was over. We need to be a little bit more proactive with how we're advocating and pushing for our own rights, not just hoping that other organizations and people will support our rights. We as a community are responsible for that. So what is it that we should do? What do we need to do? This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere. So banking fits into your life, not the other way around. For anybody who's listened to this podcast with any duration, a lot of this is going to sound redundant. And that's because the underlying purpose of our entire platform has not changed. So this time, do it, okay? Do it. <laughs> so this time, let's all agree as a community that we're going to do it. Step number one, we need to stop spending more money than we make. David talked about our purchasing power. Well, millions of LGBTQ individuals are spending more money than we make. Now, before everybody gets all hopped up and mad and starts direct messaging us or getting angry on social media, Yes, I understand. We understand that we do have pay disparity in our community. And I do understand that some individuals do suffer from income inequality and income insecurity. But that is a fraction of the population. Most people, study after study after study shows us, most people don't have an income problem in the United States. Most people have a spending problem. Lots of people don't want to believe that, Lots of people don't believe it, but they haven't really actually analyzed their spending to prove otherwise. So stop spending more money than you make. No one gets rich by spending more money than we make. So what is the one way to do that? The number one way to do that is to get on a budget. And there are myriad op options, myriad budgets out there for you to use. Anything from Honeyfied to YNAB to Mint, anything that works for you. We have our own Budget Buster bundle that a lot of folks use and get a lot of value from. If that works for you, great, try that. If that doesn't work for you and there's another budgeting app or tool that can help you better, do it. It's for your own advancements of your own rights to stop spending more money than you make. The second thing is if so many of us are spending more money than we make, that means we have debt and we have a lot of debt as a community. So pay that debt off. Debt becomes an anchor 
around your neck that will hold you back. When you're held back, you're holding the community back as well. So pay your debt off. You know, we offered the credit card payoff plan to LGBT individuals through the Facebook group, which we know 60% of you have told us that credit card debt is your number one financial issue. We offered a scholarship and conjunction with our partners at All Options Considered for five individuals to go through that course for free. Not a single person took us up on that. So that means that those folks are comfortable with the amount of debt that's hanging around their neck. And that's unfortunate because it is holding people back. So find a way to pay your debt off. Come up with a plan. We have one, but you don't have to necessarily use ours. There's lots of options out there. Of course, I think ours is the only one that actually supports the LGBT community when you purchase it. Step number four is to save and invest. We've talked a lot recently about joining the investing class. We've talked a lot recently on this show about investing more. We don't just do that because we're investing and that we enjoy investing. Investing leads to financial security. As we've said before, no other part of the economy is designed for success quite like the stock market. And if you're not taking part of that, you're missing out. And if you're missing out, that means the community is struggling even more. So start saving and start investing and doing whatever you can to start saving and start investing as soon as possible. If you haven't listened to episodes 227 about the four financial classes or episodes 228, 229 on the simple steps to start investing, we urge you to go back and listen to those and implement at least some of those steps to start joining the investor class as soon as possible, as well as downloading for free the super simple investing guide that we talk about throughout those episodes and that we'll also link up to the show notes for this episode. Right. And so if you spend less than you make, you pay off your debt, you save and you invest, you can do what is going to help our community advance more. And that is to give, give, give. Even if it's just 1%, give to the community. There's a lot of different ways that we can give. But if we're not giving to our community, we're basically telling our community it's not the priority. It's not most important. Back on episode 99, we interviewed Tim Gill. Many of you may know Tim because his name has become synonymous with LGBT rights in America. He is the number one giver in our country. And Tim, the the reason why... Tim was able to give so much is because Tim, at an early age, started a company that did very well. And granted, he took on some debt to start that company. I remember talking to him about that. But that allowed him to create something that could give back even more. We would not be where we're at today with equality rights if it wasn't for what he did. Imagine if you could be that kind of person. So go back and listen to that episode 99 with Tim Gill on how to smartly give back to the community. One of the things that's interesting about this is we cannot at the same time complain about LGBT rights being taken away when we ourselves are not funding the causes and people, politicians, to protect and expand our rights. It's just not going to happen. That's not fair for us to complain about something that we are ourselves not supporting. You know, we did a study in partnership with HoneyFi back in 2018, and one of the most jolting results of that study was that only 6% of respondents to that study said that giving was a priority to them. 
only 6%. When I see that, and I think about the possibility of that being accurate, I simultaneously think about how many churches encourage their congregants to give at least 10% of their earnings to the church, to tithe 10%. And I wonder what percentage of religious folks are tithing 10% and giving their money to churches, which eventually, very often, not always, and not exclusively, goes towards conservative causes relative to the percentage of LGBTQ people who are giving a fraction of our money to the politicians and the causes that are protecting and trying to advance our rights. If that's an indication of our giving, we must do better. Right. It's similar to voting, right? You cannot complain about who the president is if you didn't vote. We cannot complain about not having LGBT rights, about not having rights as women, not having rights as any minority. We cannot complain about those if we are not ourselves doing something to further those rights, especially when it comes to our time, our money, and our energy. Hey there, thank you again for listening to another episode of Queer Money. I know we got a little passionate about this. We were a little bit, uh, I think, disappointed in what has happened over the last couple of weeks and what is going on in politics in this country. It frustrates us and we are thankful that you are here listening to what we have to say. We get a little passionate about this, but here's your queer money takeaway from this episode. If you are truly interested in protecting and expanding our rights as an LGBT community, then you must do what it takes to achieve enough financial security. I'm not saying you have to become wealthy. Just achieve enough financial security that you have enough to give back of your time, your energy, and your money. We make the Queer Money podcast for you. Please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group and we may answer it in an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and let's hope tonight turns out the way we want it to. How does your bank support the LGBT community? Not at all? For Pride in June? Or 365 days a year? Capital One proudly supports the LGBT community throughout the year. Maybe it's time to support a bank that supports us. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash cafe for more info. Commit, trim, lasso, automate, monitor. That's the debt lasso method, and it's helped pay off over $250,000 in credit card debt in less than two years so far. See what it'll do for you by getting your free debt lasso calculator at debtlasso.com.